Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Intuitive Catalyst Podcast. I'm Leilani, your host, and today we are joined with the luminous and divine Casey Stevens. Casey is a clinically trained, mystically guided, licensed psychotherapist, a master certified consciousness coach, and a certified clinical hypnotherapist based out of Seattle, Washington. Beyond that, her intuition and healing abilities allow her to feel clients' unique energy patterns, adapting tools and techniques to support optimal organization for the precise needs of each soul. Casey bridges the worlds of science and spirituality in the realm of human behavior and consciousness, and her vision for transformation and expansion guides luminous divine intelligence and the pathway to wholeness. Through her holistic and clinical interdisciplinary approach, Casey works to guide clients toward cultivating a deep connection with their sacred inner wisdom so that they may lead an awakened, meaningful life. This episode is so good, y'all. And I know I say that every time, but what I really love about Casey is her ability to bridge the gap between what it means to live in this really light, awakened way and what is required in order to do that. And and we talk a lot about the shadow work and not bypassing those really kind of gritty parts of the spiritual experience in service of becoming more attuned to our soul's calling, becoming more awakened. So I'm really excited to share this with you. And I hope that you get as much out of it as I had engaging in this conversation with Casey. So it's time to grab your tennis shoes if you're going for your walk or find your cozy spot and your cup of tea and enjoy this conversation with my friend, Casey Stevens. beautiful Casey. How are you today? Oh, so good. So good to be here with you. Thank you. I'm so grateful to have you on. And before we get into the first question, I just want the listeners to know this is how it happens for me sometimes is I just like divinely get, I don't even know who followed who first, but I met you through Instagram and have been adoring your work ever since. So thank you for being here. Likewise, honey. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. It's good to meet you. (sighs) Finally, after all this time. Yes. (laughs) So the first question that I always ask every guest that comes on, who are you? What is your big work in the world? And how do you source from your intuition to do your work? Mm, Big question. Well, um, so my name is Casey Stevens, and I have a practice here um, in Seattle, but also uh, work with people all over the world. And so I'm trained, right, as a, a psychotherapist, and I source from that training. Uh, but I think my favorite and the best part of the work that I do is really sourcing, which I would just call it quantum, you know, energy healing. It's really hard to, you know, distill down into one thing, but um, consciousness coaching, stuff like that. I love, love, love to kind of tap into the deeper layers of people's being and heal in that way. So I'm fortunate enough to, you know, find the people that love to do that kind of work. And um, yeah. And as far as my intuition, how does that supply? It's, just something, nothing, honestly, I've ever traditionally trained for. 
you know, I've taken classes here and there. I mean, of course I did my clinical training and then um, was really kind of deliberate to want to take some courses and, you know, classes and trainings and whatever, what have you that were kind of holistic energy medicine, Eastern and nature. And so I am fascinated by all of it, but I think our real magic when we work with people comes from really taking and metabolizing that and then you know, regurgitating it into the world or the person or whomever it is, right, in a really individualistic way. So that is quite personal to me. So um, I feel things really in my body and um, I'll work with someone and I, it's almost like I get this knowing, but I'll get also this physical imprint of what is going on for them. And, you know, as the conversation builds, then I feel uh, what's going on or where there might be a blockage that can, you know, just translates right on this most dense layer of our being um, our physical bodies, but it might live somewhere else in there, you know, in a past life, it might be in the emotional realm, it might be in the spiritual realm. So it's kind of then guiding them to feel what is going on and what might be keeping them stuck so we can heal it, right? Because we have to feel it to heal it. So going in and looking at those densities. And and it's for me, my intuition comes through as kind of just a knowing, you know, sometimes I'll see it, sometimes I'll hear it. You know, I get all those pieces that just start kind of, you know, uh, pouring in, but the real knowing initially comes like through my body. And then just like this, like, "Hmm, I just know this, or I'm just going to say this, or I have no idea why, you know, this is coming through, but it feels pretty clear. So that's how my intuition is really guided. And then of course I'll kind of over, um, you know, fill all filter in pieces of just like, I think I'm really good at seeing patterns um, and then helping people organize those patterns relative to their own energy system. So it's that organization of energy uh, that, you know, we'll just find that coherence in each one of us for what feels right, which will be different for you and me and, you know, everyone, if that's the individualistic piece. So that's kind of how it works. And I just like, I feel like it's my mission to do that and to help people with that. And um, nothing gives me more energy. So it is something that really organizes my energy to be in alignment with those gifts and the tools and those offerings that I have. Oh my gosh. Uh, Well, first of all, I, I don't even, I haven't told you this, but Mm -hmm. it's been a while that I was like, I feel like I need to hire her. (laughs) I think I need to like work with her and because your gifting is so unique. I think I haven't met a lot. I mean, I, I know a lot of therapists are tapped in to the spiritual side and yet the way that you describe the work that you do and how you source from your intuition. And it just feels so easeful in the Mm -hmm. ways that, that you do this work with like really heavy work. It's like you said, that's the, the physical body. And we talked about density in um, the last episode or the episode that's dropping um, today, actually with Josette LeBlanc, it's the part two, but we talked about the density and what it means to, to really navigate a dense experience here in -hmm. our world. And the physical body being such a a dense place to try to figure out, like, it's just the, it just seems really divine the ways that your gifts have culminated to bring you to this work. So I'm really grateful you're doing it. It feels Uh, important. Likewise, likewise. Yeah, it is important. And I feel like 
for me anyway, if I were to try to follow any one program or any one training or this is what I got from, so it's like, it would just, it would be more clunky. And so this way I just, it's, it's can be hard to distill down or explain sometimes using our human language. I do my best that I can, but I still feel like that probably doesn't still kind of leaves people questioning, which is okay. Right. But it's just the most organic way that I can work. So even though it feels like it's kind of all over, you know, it is, I think that's how we are as these animate beings um, living in an animate world. So, but thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. Tell me, how does your magic, how does your oh, stuff? Gosh. So curious. Oh, it's so good. I, I actually wanted to comment on yours too. So the knowing, I mean, clearly you're, and, and I don't want to like identify anything for you, but what I hear in the ways that your gifts manifest is clairsentience, which is the clear feeling. Yeah. And then claircognizance, which is the clear knowing. Right. Um, and so for those are, our like list- the those are the gateway. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. They're they're like they're the channel. They're the channel for us to get the information and the wisdom, the divine wisdom we need in order to support, to to be here to support, right? And so my gifts show up and I I actually, I think I might do a podcast, like a solo episode soon on just the gifts, because I think people are just, they don't know the different clear gifts and how they show up, but the ways that my intuition um, really shows up for me, my main, I have like three main ones Mm -hmm. (laughs) that just kind of interchangeably show up at different times. So clear sentience, so clear feeling. So definitely feeling into my emotions, my human body, um, clear, uh, a clear voyance, which is clear, clear seeing (laughs) as as you know, from the, the visualization that we did when we started. Um, so I see images in my mind's eye and even in the natural world, uh, that give me information and then clear audience. So I'm also clear hearing. So I sometimes, especially when I write, I just hear, it just comes through. So I'm a channeled I channel when I write. Um, yeah. So the oh. book that I published was channeled. Yeah. Fabulous. So. I have to get a copy of that too. I'm sure it's just amazing. I'll bring you one when we <laughs> when we meet in person finally, because we're in the uh, same area. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So my, that's, that's well, we're a nice balance for each other then. I know. I yeah. think so. And what I wanted to say about your gift of claircognizance for those who are listening and are just kind of curious um, and starting down this path. I, I work with a lot of claircognizant folks. So my work is really helping people tap into their spiritual gifts and mm-hmm. expand them to explore them, to not be afraid of them. That's a big part of the work that I do one-on-one with clients and claircognizant folks inevitably are the ones who are the most like distrustful of their gift because mm-hmm. knowing just comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not something that has like a clear path. Like, okay, I saw this vision and I made this connection and this, but like clear clear cognizance is like, it just kind of drops in and you're like, I don't know why I know this, but I do. Yeah. yeah. So tell me and the listeners, for those who are clear cognizant, mm. how did you begin to trust your clear knowing? Like how, what was the process for you? And what would you tell people who are distrustful of theirs? Yeah. It's so funny. As soon as you started saying, I'm like, that's part of your purpose is trusting, uh, helping people trust it. Right. It's not just the, so, um, so funny that you hone in on that. And my process, I'll even say, I think I rely on that more. And for me, even personally, because I feel so much, you know, we were talking about, you know, the density of this world and just even our physical bodies. And sometimes that can be when you're receiving so much, the clairsentience is what I'm referring to. Um, 
when you're receiving so much, it can overwhelm, you know, your body a lot of times. That's at least been my experience. Um, and I think for a lot of people, so it's interesting how there's almost been this transition where my claircognizance has, you know, in the last few years or, you know, who knows again, it's all, you know, what is time. Right. But, um, where that has shifted. And I think it's almost like this protection because when you're receiving so much, not having that overwhelm that can happen at least specifically for me and my physical body, you know, I'll have different just aches and pains, a lot of whatever those things are, you know, that come through Um, migraines is something I've struggled with a ton. Um, And so it's like, Oh man, you know, sometimes it's hard to feel as as much hygiene and practices. And I'm sure I could sit with you like similarly, right. And have you help me with all of those things, even though I feel like I've tried a lot and I just almost get overwhelmed. So I really have to have pretty good filtration system so that I'm not just taking in all the stuff because I can be overwhelmed by, you know, big spaces or, you know, even visibility for me, um, can be hard. Right. And so it's like, wow, it feels like that's just so much that's coming in. So I feel like there's been this trend and I know I'm, you know, around roundabout way answering your question, but this is just how I talk. So <laughs> it um, has almost like, you know, flipped where the, the claircognizance is the primary way. And, um, and I think maybe it's really interesting because the feeling is a little bit more tactile, right? It's like we can, so I feel like it's just trusting who I am, trusting my gifts, also trusting that this burden that I might feel sometimes physically and it will be like, if I'm in the space of, with a session and, you know, we have that contract with somebody to, I have a contract with a soul to work together. And so I'm feeling that comes through, but it's like, it clears the minute it's over. Um, but this way that I can, I think just be in the world because we are not separate from our work. Right. I mean, we have to, we, we don't, you know, go out into the streets and, or anything social or you know, gather with our families, our friends or whatever, and not have these tools that are like just hyperactive all of the time. And so for me, I think it's almost been this um, protection, but in a good way, it's been a nice transformation to lean more. And like the way that I'm in the world is like with this claircognizance um, and it's, it doesn't feel like a threat and it's just like a knowing and it's something I trust. And so I think I've just developed that, but it's all, almost been out of like a protection of my body and how I was it, this way that I was in the world with the clairsentience that w- could be overwhelming for me at times. So I don't know, that's maybe a roundabout way, but it is, it's just like the more you do it, I think I, you know, because I'm fortunate enough to work with clients all day, every day. And the more you do it in a, you know, I mean, I don't go around just kind of blurting to anybody that I see, or I know I'll have the knowing, you know, and that can cause us to react or respond in lots of different ways, just out in the, you know, ecosystem as we're in. But um, if someone's asking for my guidance, right, then when I say something, I just have gotten better and better. And the more you do it, I mean, like anything, the more you exercise it, the more you practice, the muscle is stronger. So um, I just, I don't, you know, there was certainly a time that I doubted that or questioned like, what, you know, what's going on here? You know, is this really true? Is this going to sound too wild? Or why am I all of a sudden like just saying this thing? But um, there's so much validation for that, those knowings, um, you know, when you do share them and when you lean into that. And I think also with the willingness not to associate any of my own meaning to it um, or have any judgment around it, it's just kind of like, you know, I don't really know why I'm getting this. I'll say that to people a lot. I don't really know what this means to you. Right. Uh, But I, 
just, I'm getting this. So I just need to say it. And then really allowing them to have their own process so that it's co-creative and collaborative. And then it's really always pretty validating. So again, that happens again and again and again, and you just trust that whatever you're receiving is like pretty, pretty divine. Right. So. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. And I, it's so everything you said from, I'll just start with the clear sentience piece because a lot of So we both identify as earth angels. I think that we established that beforehand. And so for those, if this is the first episode you're listening to and you're hearing earth angels for the first time, it means something different for everybody. For me, what it means is that I came here as a divine helper because our collective is struggling and a little lost and suffering. And so I came here to support. So I'm here to support in that way. And I, and I also identify that I have divine roots. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it means to me. And, and what I have realized in supporting a lot of earth angels. So a lot of my clients are earth angels. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are deeply clairsentient. And Mm -hmm. because we and this is just coming through, so I'll just honor it because we're such pure beings in our like, in our soul state, in our, in our purest state, we're, we're very just the, a lot of the density of this world, the, the fear, the, the pieces of, of our world that are lost, the, the fear, the, the kind of like anger, like a lot of these deeply, um, human it's it's like the human condition right the human experience um, can be really overwhelming for us as divine beings and so if you are clairsentient and you identify as an earth angel and you're like why can't i deal with this world like it's so normal it's it and i had to go through my own shadow season where i just kind of like had to become a turtle in my shell and i had to really take myself out of, of the world for a little while to do my own work around like why it's so hard for me to be here. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to kind of like plus one that what you yeah. were saying about <laughs> our sentience and our, and our very natural tendency to want to close off from that, to, to really put our protections up, put our bubbles up and maybe like not go to the grocery store and just get stuff mm-hmm. delivered and things like that. It's like, it's so normal, especially as we continue to move into a place in our world where it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I keep hearing that, like not to alarm anybody, but mm-hmm. um, it's, it will get better, but like, it's going to be kind of hard for those of us that are sensing into the energy of everything. So I just wanted to reaffirm that as well. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah, Yeah. it's beautiful. And I was just thinking as you were saying about having your groceries delivered, I'm like, not that there's anything wrong with that, because those are also tools that I use, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. if you know, there is a lot of shielding. And I know, me personally, I've also gone kind of, I almost call it like my tower, I've gone into my kind of tower of isolation. And I can be really, really, really comfortable there. But it's so important, right? Like we have to be, you know, human beings living in this experience. And I also think that, um, you know, part of our existence here is having this relational framework that we have to be able to be part of it and not just the good parts, but all of it, right? I mean, we have to get comfortable with all of it or else, 
um, you know, like we wouldn't be here if we weren't meant to do that. We wouldn't be here earthside at this moment if we weren't meant to do that. And so, you know, it's okay to be on our tower, right. And, you know, dive into that. And I'm talking kind of about a metaphorical tower, but it can be isolation at times, right. Like being completely content, you know, with your shadow material or your light or whatever that is just kind of an isolation. Um, but we're not meant to live in isolation. And so it's great if we do that work in this kind of protective um, container, but if we can't then, and I know I've struggled with this piece myself um, and perhaps this is, you know, a tangent, but I just, um, you know, I have to get comfortable weaving back in to the world and all of this or else our work really isn't complete, right? Like we have to be comfortable weaving in and reintegrating and embodying um, all of our gifts, right? Or else, um, you know, where our work is not complete because yes, we've mastered it now in the tower or, you know, in the tower, whatever you want to, um, we've, we've mastered that there, but it, we haven't mastered it in, you know, earth side with other people relationally, um, in whatever densities might be thrown at us. And so, you know, that really, I think is the work to like, okay, well, how do you bring that in? Um, which I think, you know, the work that you do and I do, it's always, um, offering, creating a container and being that parallel process that people can learn to do that in a safe, sacred place. Right. But then how does that translate to the real world? So. Ah, so good. You just have like so much wisdom. (laughs) I'm like, I'm so grateful that you're here. What Mm -hmm. is, what's coming through as I'm hearing you talk about integration is this notion of shadow work. So I think that that might be a newer term for a lot of people, a lot of listeners, but also just people who are entering their spiritual journey, um, maybe who are newer in their spiritual journey. So can you tell us a little bit about what shadow work, maybe what shadow work has looked like for you? What does that look like perhaps for your clients and what is integration? Maybe like, let's just dive in a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I think, I think about it and, you know, anyone is welcome to have different opinions, but the way I perceive it is that I think we are come into this world. Our soul comes in and there are already, um, there's shadow material that exists that we're bringing over from past lives that hasn't been resolved, that we haven't transformed or transmuted yet. Right. And so I think that's a piece of it. And then, you know, we, choose, especially, you know, subconsciously, because that's where the majority of our just experience is operating from experiences. And we go through all of that from a very, very young age when so much of that's formed, right? So again, oftentimes we're not actually in the work of resolving that shadow material that young, uh, you know, for most of us, I mean, for me, it wasn't until, you know, later in life um, to really look at it when some of us choose to really kind of go through this spiritual awakening, um, looking at that, getting more conscious, understanding, why are patterns happening in my life? Where does the source of them? What is like the, um, what, what is the root of that? And so, um, and in the meantime, then we live our lives. And of course, some of us more than others will have, and I think a lot of them, these pieces are contracted to happen this way for our soul, that they're more shadow material, right? Is compounding and compressing inside of our being inside of our souls. Um, in addition to what we come in with, right? And usually there is for each of us a theme that we'll see over and over. And again, all the characters and the actors and the 
places and spaces and people might be different, the scenarios, et cetera. But the theme, what's at the root of that is usually these core wounds that we're just playing out again and again, and either we're recycling and repeating them and, and, you know, creating more density, more shadow material around that until something happens, right. And we become awake enough. Um, and sometimes that's not always a choice. Sometimes, you know, people can kind of have this smooth, easy path where they choose like, hmm, I'd like to do that, or something's not going as I like. And then you can kind of have this graceful. And then sometimes it like hits you like, a, you know, a lightning bolt and everything is destroyed or absolutely you'll see your outer world reflecting your inner world. And there is no other choice than to stop and pause and look at like, what the heck is going on here and how do I understand it so that I don't continue to have this kind of tragedy or loss or devastation or, you know, stuck in it, whatever it is in my life um, so that we can be in flow because we're meant to be in flow. So, um, so that's, I know saying a lot, but I just would call that like shadow material. It's, you know, shadow material. There's no person that I have ever met who doesn't have it. Um, we all have it and it's just where, what are the areas, what are the arenas, what are the themes and what are the patterns and how do we get clear? And we can actually kind of start to notice those patterns. And just, if we start to listen and look and feel into like, oh yeah, I've always struggled with this. Again, a lot of them I think are, you know, whatever words would be appropriate, but almost like karmic, or they're already like coded into our blueprint of who we are. And then we always have the choice and the opportunity to at any moment. Uh, and sometimes that comes earlier in life for people. Sometimes it never comes. And then sometimes it comes somewhere in between. Right. And I know that was more of my experience of just like, okay, here's an opportunity to open up to healing the shadow material. So, um, again, that can be a lot of that, like going into our own personal towers and really kind of having time slowing down, meeting with somebody like you or me or any of the wonderful people who are earth angels and light workers and, you know, kind of keepers of, you know, that energy space holders, right? I mean, I just consider myself a space holder too. So how can you hold the space to not just look at there's beauty, right. In looking at the light qualities and exploring and expanding those, but we have to be able to explore the shadow or else we will remain incomplete. We will remain um, less whole than we could be. So we have to look at this dark matter, this, this dense matter that again, we all have in order to understand the wholeness of who we are and also to source from a a cleaner, clearer place. Um, and so that's kind of how I think of it. I don't know. I hope I answered the question and all of that, yeah. but you know, that just then means that you go into a container, hopefully a safe, sacred container where you can do that, where you can be held because I know I've certainly needed to be held and still do with pieces of that, that will show up. And how can someone reflect back in a good space holder? I think that's what they're doing is reflecting back to us the, the truth of our being good, bad, and in between, right? And then we can look at it and more consciously choose, okay, do I want to walk forward with this pattern? Or is that something that I can look at and be grateful for? Because it's also been an integral piece of me becoming who I am and how I can now walk in the world with uh, more sweetness. So Hmm. I love that. How I can walk in the world with more sweetness. I, I, when I think of shadow work, I, I definitely consider that the shadow, like the shadowy parts of myself, the, the behaviors or the patterns or narratives, 
they were absolutely, like you said, so much of it resides in our subconscious. They were absolutely driving my behaviors. They were, and there were parts that I was like really trying to push away for a long time. And, and, and in essence, not accepting the wholeness of who I was in, in any given moment. Right. So before I worked through a lot of the, the, the example that's coming through for me is really feeling into my physical body because I've lived so many lives where physically I was unsafe. Mm. And so I have, like, I was so good in this life, especially, and then having trauma that happened early in life as well. I was mm. so good at disassociating from my human body. And yeah. so without having done that shadow work, I wasn't able to really understand and accept that this is, has been a part of my soul's experience of, of navigating the trauma that, that now led to this, this shadow in this particular life. Mm-hmm. But also it was like robbing me of the joys of being in my human physical body. Like I didn't, I couldn't experience pleasure in the same ways. I couldn't experience just like any given moment in the same way because I wasn't fully tapped into my physical body. So that was the other thing that was coming through as I was hearing you talk is it's, it's absolutely an opportunity when we explore our shadow, our shadow work, it's an opportunity for us to like more deeply accept who we are as well. So it's just, it's so, it's so multifaceted. Um, And then the word spiritual bypassing came or the, the term spiritual bypassing came through, which I think I, my understanding of spiritual bypassing is like good vibes only, only love and light, like not necessarily looking at the shadow aspects, which are deeply necessary in order for us to really have a whole experience here as humans. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know I say this, I was talking to a friend just this weekend and what that Reno reminds me of is just like a deep ethos that I operate from when I work, which is anything that you deny or defend, you cannot heal. And so to me, that is this. And, and he was like, Oh, you should write that down. And I'm like, yeah, I should, I should put that, you know? Um, it, it, and so to me, I just really speak about it and I operate from that place, but I think it distills down so perfectly this concept of, you know, that shadow material. So if we're not looking at it and befriending it and accepting it and really understanding how it's informed, um, we can't heal it, right? Anytime we hold on to any victim consciousness, even if we've been victimized, which we have, right? Um, anywhere we hold on to that, we will not move or change because we are defending this victim, the victim inside of us, right? And then that, you know, perpetuates itself as a victim consciousness. And then that can show up randomly in any place in our life. And we, you know, just in our communication. And so that energy, that frequency is transmitting into the things that we do. And that is what we need to do is go in and look at the shadow material that's informing that. Um, We have to get comfortable. We don't have to, you know, uh, I mean, it's not easy. It's not fun, but we have to be able to integrate. And that's what I mean by really integrate. It's not just the knowing, right. Having, you know, um, intellectual awareness around it. Um, it, it's how do we embody it and become wise about it so that it no longer has the power over us that it once did um, or that it has for a long time or that has severely or on any spectrum of trauma, like traumatized us and alerted to our bodies, right? Whether we're safe or not. So the way that I view that, right, is we really have to go in and not just on one layer, but on all layers, really understand it 
you know, sit with it, be with it and um, decide, right. Cause that's going to be unique to each one of us in any moment um, with any particular, you know, trauma of how do I, embody the knowing of this, um, the wisdom of it, the integrated wisdom of what it is so that now I can utilize and source from that place again of more wholeness, right? So it's not just the pieces or the fragments or all the bypassing, you know, that can happen, right? That is just vibrating. And some people do, I mean, you know, this and earth angels can do this as well, right? I mean, we can really be comfortable, right? And vibrate they, like people just vibrate from this more luminous space. Some people really do. And yet there still will be, if we are humans in this physical, you know, earth at this time, we will still have this shadow material period. Like, and so if we just kind of try to, you know, vibrate, you know, above it without really integrating it, then we're denying parts of ourselves. We're disowning those parts. Right. And we have to integrate all of us and that our power, you know, amplifies like, you know, just amplifies so tenfold, right? More than tenfold, right? A hundredfold when we can integrate that. And then we can source from this deep place of there's nothing that we're fearful of, or we're running from, or, um, you know, that is of those denser frequencies, those are no longer, you know, it's all of us. It, we are all of the things, right? I know that was hard for me when I, um, had to confront like rage. It's like, Oh no, I'm, I'm kind. I'm like, I'm light. I'm soft, like rage. Oh no, I don't, I don't want to feel those things. I don't want to, but really allowing, you know, the anger and rage from wherever that comes from again, which can be past lives. It can be little hurts that compound and compound and compound. And if we can't get comfortable with those denser emotions and understand that we're all capable of all things and we have all of the spectrum of emotion inside of us, then we cannot um, operate from a place of uh, you know, like that, that light, that luminous quality will be limited. And we want to be, I know I want to be, you know, as unlimited as possible. So um, it's a more powerful place to operate from. So it's so interesting. You mentioned rage because it is a big, just a common thread, every single light worker, earth angel, starseed, you know, powerful beings that I've, that I've worked with. Mm. Um, rage tends to be a part of their shadow experience. Like I would say 99% of the time um, mm. it's the avoidance of rage that, that is mm. their shadow, right? It's like, totally. we, we are avoiding it because we know again, when we're in our, most pure state, we are those less dense emotions are, you know, peace, joy, love, like those are, those, those are who we are in our divine roots. But we also have to accept that we are also deeply human with deeply human past lives that have informed how we're showing up. And so if just whomever is listening, if you have been um, avoiding your rage, or if it's something that scares you, I would take this as a sign of maybe looking deeply into that and understanding sitting with your intuition and understanding what's a first step for you to begin to confront your rage. Maybe it's hiring Casey, maybe it's hiring me. I don't know. Um, But how can you begin to really lean into the rage as, as a messenger for what's ready to be healed? Right. Yep. Um, And I would add to that too, because again, it's one thing to do it in ourselves. And of course we need to do that. Um, but I really think like these frequencies, especially right now to your point, right. I mean, they are just flying everywhere in the planet around us, right. Uh, in the collective, in our communities and, you know, 
what our relationships, whatever that is. Right. And so our inability to really integrate anything that is dense or um, dark inside of ourselves means that we will be less equipped when we are confronted with it. And it is inevitable everywhere, right? Not everybody is doing shadow work and, you know, you know, healing, having spiritual awakenings. And so we do ourselves a tremendous disservice if we now have become, we've shut off emotions, which are just really frequencies, right? It's frequencies that are literally flying everywhere. And if we're confronted with that, but now we have, we're fearful of it, or we've cut it off, we've named it bad or whatever, then, then we are ill-equipped to be in that moment, right? Certainly as healers, but just in life, right? If, I mean, if you, um, you know, are driving and someone is, is raging somehow or whatever you're in the grocery store. It's like, could be random. Doesn't have to be people in your immediate life that you'd ever see again. You will be ill-equipped, right? Your nervous system will take over, right? Just without thinking that's what it does because you don't know how to handle those frequencies. And so it's not just the frequencies in ourselves, but we're denying the truth of what our frequencies exist in other people, especially people who are um, maybe younger souls or who aren't doing the work or haven't arrived at that place or whatever. So it's a little more unhinged. And I want everyone, I want people to feel like they are equipped to deal with the spectrum of what that is. Of course we, you know, don't want it, but it's like, well, how, if you could metabolize that really quickly in any moment, if you could know exactly how to be what energy to become in order to um, support or balance that energy, right. In this, you know, polarity that exists in everything. It's like, well, if somebody's enraged, well, then what would you need to be not in a, from a place of fear or avoid avoidance, but, but what energy would you need to be in order to harmonize that in another, um, which can keep us truly safe. Right. So it's like this, this illusion of safety. When we deny our shadow material, we have to be with all of it. Mm, Oh my gosh. That is so, so wise and important. And I, yeah, as you mentioned, like, I think it's so easy, especially when you're navigating like a dark night of the soul or, or just any kind of um, spiritual awakening or shadow work or any of that. It's so easy to want to do it in, in private (laughs) and solitude. And it just, it makes it so much more um, just more, I don't know, like almost like real realer for us to be able to be in relationship as we're navigating these things. I, I have a son Mm-hmm. Um, well t- today he gender wise, his pronouns are he, him, they, they go, he, they often, but, um, today it's he, uh, I have a son who is, is my probably biggest rage trigger because I grew up in a very like rage filled home. And so parenting to me, uh, in this life, the example has been, anger and rage and kind of forcing a will kind of a, that's, that's what was modeled. And so when I think of like, I don't actually have the luxury to manage or, or to learn how to navigate my rage in private, because I have this tiny soul who is counting on me to, to take a look at that. And, and so if we're being really realistic in just being a human navigating this existence, we have to be able and willing to be in relationship as we're processing our shadow work too. And, and it's hard. It's so hard. It's so hard to do because, you know, at least when we're by ourselves and just like sourcing our spiritual support, um, it's almost like we can control all the variables (laughs) 
<laughs> to an extent, right. but like people are so unpredictable and, and being it's out in the world is, is it can be just really, again, just fraught with like landmines of like, you don't know how people are, are going to react. You don't know what their energy is like today. Um, so what I'm hearing you say is like doing your work, like doing your, your inner work, which again, a lot of times is in relationship as well, but really focusing on transmuting a lot of these shadows into the being you're meant to be in this life Mm. will also support you in navigating those landmines because they're everywhere. Mm. (laughs) You could just go to the grocery store and someone like blows up at you for no reason. And it's like, can I have I done enough shadow work to be able to approach a situation like that in my wholeness and not allow that person? Cause that's their experience. Like I always say that's their shit. <laughs> like there, there's something going on there. Am I, have I gotten to a place in my own work where I can see that for what it is rather than internalizing it and going into my own fight or flight and, and being un, um, intentional about the ways that I'm reacting. Right. 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 So I'm curious. It's so beautiful of you to share about your son. Perhaps you've already done that, but how do you do that in co-creation and collaboration with him? Um, being in whatever that state or coming from a family of origin, right? And like how, what have you noticed your process is around that, um, that has been valuable? Well, the first lesson I had to learn was that I get to walk away. Um, Mm -hmm. That was, I mean, and that's just like a pure, just like neither of us are going to survive this in a really whole way if I don't just like get myself to breathe and calm down. So, so for me, the way that I've had to navigate that is truly like my nervous, like getting my nervous system to be a little bit more regulated, which is through breath. Um, And then also um, just the way that I am, sometimes it's connecting, like calling a friend. Um. And just being able to, to just ground myself in something other than this, this fight or flight, which, you know, when my kid is throwing a tantrum and throwing things, it's like my body has internalized that as like, I'm in danger, which is just ridiculous. Right. So my first plan of action, and this was like over a year ago that I really began to reckon with my rage is like, I had to just remove myself and my kid was safe. He was okay. Um, And then it's sometimes it's like physical, like physically having to like do something with my hands or um, like hit pillows or something like that. And then coming, coming back. And so that was, yeah, it's vulnerable for me to talk about because I think that it's so comfortable for me to show up as like the put together, (laughs) like everything's okay. Like I don't experience hard, dense emotions. Um, And yet it's, especially as I was navigating my shadow work at that time, it was like, yeah, I really have to begin to understand Mm. that this is a part of my experience. Mm. And so that was, that was like the very early, like I am just surviving here. And then eventually it was like, I I think I finally got to a place where I was accepting that my rage was a part of my experience. It's, it's such a paradox because once I was able to really um, find ways to externalize that in like healthy ways, like through my writing or, um, what I realized in that example, where I was really triggered by my son, I was actually in a relationship that I wasn't speaking my truth. So it was like coming out in other ways. So, so for me, it's been a lot of, um, being in connection with people, making sure that my needs are being seen, that I'm allowing myself to be seen. Um, Mm -hmm. And then of course, just like teaching my son, like the repair work that's needed after, mm-hmm. like I have a session where I show up and I'm not, 
that where I have like a, an issue, you know, th- where this comes up, I have like, um, an episode, I guess, a, yes, moment. Yes. a moment where I have to then tell my son, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I showed up this way. It's like accepting responsibility for the ways that my rage kind of took over. Right. And, um, so it's all of that. It's like, okay, when, when I have lot quote unquote lost control, um, and luckily I wasn't ever in a place where either of us were unsafe in that, but when I, where I have lost control, am I accepting my responsibility in it? Am I, am I evaluating it? Am I, am I reflecting on it? Am I thinking about how do I want to choose differently next time? Mm-hmm. And then again, it's like speaking my truth to in, in relationship, honoring my needs and ensuring that like, I'm accepting that like the dense emotions will come. And I, I, I'm not in a place anymore where I get to just like ignore them because they'll, they'll show up in ways that aren't serving me or my, my personal spiritual work or the ways that I support earth angels. Right. Right. Um, yeah, how about so you? True. Thank you for sharing that. It's well, and I was just going to say, you know, I mean, sometimes it's knowing because when we can be with it and you take the space, right. To separate yourself, or maybe it's, you know, again, becoming, um, kind of like the counter essence or the counter presence to that or whatever. It's like, well, maybe there's something you need to do here or be here or whatever. And, and what is that for you? Because there's such a difference, right. Between, you know, safety and a felt sense of safety. And we really need to be in that felt sense. Right. So if we're not feeling Mm -hmm. that inside of ourselves, because we haven't done the shadow work, um, sometimes what we need to, we know, right. Which is you know, intuitive of you. Um, what do I need to do to a- achieve a felt sense of safety? Because then I can come back. I can, from that place, really assess like, am I really safe here? Right. And I'm not, you know, it's just this emotional, the way, am I safe from my own rage? Right. Am I safe from, you know, whatever that is. And so sometimes it's knowing, right. Like what I need actually is space um, or what I need to be here or what I need to do here. Maybe it's, you know, what I, and so we can get to that place where again, it's so individualistic but really listening to, you know, those messages and, and finding that regulation within and also not shaming, blaming, judging, whatever the rage in ourselves or the rage in others. Um, because then sometimes those are choices that we make in relationships when we do have that choice, you know, how would I come and be with this? Um, do I want to allow this if this person isn't on their own kind of process, they're not able to, or whatever that is, um, you know, which is easier in relationships or friendships or you know, whatever, um, we can have, we always have choice. And so what is the choice that we're exercising around that felt safety? Um, and then really how do we show up as, you know, whatever we would need to be in order to meet and greet with that. And sometimes that will be right. I mean, obviously not in the instance of your son, right. You are being challenged in a higher way because there is not, you know, the escape from that. It's like, how do I be with this? Um, how can I be with this so that I can not only feel feel that felt sense of safety inside myself, which is, you know, might be one of those core wounds or themes for you, it sounds like. Um, But how do I also offer and demonstrate that right for for him, so that he can uh, learn to do the same at frankly, a much earlier age than probably you or I ever did that. 
So, right. right? So, you know, that came a lot later. So, um, so it's really knowing what do I need here, right? It's like, we need to regulate and be with it enough to know, well, what does this part of me really need here in this relationship? Um, what's available to me? And regardless of, you know, the fixtures that are in our life or not, right? Sometimes those are more impermanent fixtures. It's like, well, how can I be with this? And if it is a fixture, um, you know, a person, right. That, that is immovable in many ways. Well then how do I move with the energy to be with it? So that's mm. all. But thank you so much for sharing. That's beautiful. Yeah. Sounds like you've done it. Mm-hmm. We're working through it. <laughs> it's, it's definitely, it's so complex. Like I, I tell people all the time that becoming a parent was the most challenging to my spiritual experience because it just, it brings up so much. There's so much shadow, right? Like it's brought up so much shadow for me, especially as somebody that experienced trauma early in life, Mm -hmm. because it's like, I have to now treat my kid as the version of myself in that, at that age and Mm -hmm. give him what I never got, although it was never modeled for me. So it's like, it's so complex and it's also and it's also so gratifying and, mm. you know, it's beautiful. It's all of it. So mm. thank you. Well, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Sounds like you're doing it. I'm trying. I'm trying. I am so grateful for all of the wisdom that you've shared today. I, I feel like we just scratched the surface, so we might have to have you back eventually. Um, but yeah, thank you. And I'll just end with the question I always end with, which is what is your bumper sticker? What is the one, you know, <laughs> quick piece of wisdom that you would post all over the world if you could? Oh, good question. Um, bumper sticker. I've never been asked that question before. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe, you know, just kind of going back to that piece because I really kind of recognize that you know, this piece about like that victim consciousness that we can hold, which really is going to be the root of any wounding, right? It's going to be the root of any dark material or whatever. So if anywhere that we are still holding on to that, denying it or defending it, we can't, we can't really heal or transform. And so we'll just keep recycling it subconsciously and feel frustrated. And especially, I think there's no bigger, um, I know this is maybe like a bumper phrase, the way that we're still holding on to that victim consciousness of anything, even if we've been victimized. And so really kind of thinking, you know, am I denying it? Am I defending it? And so how will I then continue to attract more of those things to my life, more of those experiences? And then we're stuck. I mean, that is stuckness. So that's, that's the root of all of it. And so how can I really look and welcome and invite um, whatever this is to really offer me the lesson that it's, it's trying desperately. My soul is desperately trying to have me see and learn and know and, and move through. And so I would say that I know that's, you know, maybe getting to be like a, you know, paragraph, you know, chapter, whatever, but uh, (laughs) along those lines, right. It just feels very um, easy. So. Thank you so much. No, I completely I agree. I would buy that bumper sticker and I would put it like all along my, the back of my bumper. There's a very long light in front of you to read <laughs> that bumper sticker. It's a lot. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, um, Casey, for being with us today. Um, 
tell everybody what is the best way to connect with you. And this will also be in the show notes. Oh, sure. Yeah. So you can find me at um, shrink bigger Instagram uh, shrink bigger.com is my website. And yeah, if you want any, I mean, certainly listen to, you know, the episode or whatever. I um, also offer if people are kind of wanting a sampling, but not quite yet ready to um, work with me, you know, I mean, it's really just listening, listening to what feels right and who can hold space for you. And there's so many worthy healers. So um, if it resonates at all, sometimes you can just do a sampling by listening to some meditations that I have some free meditations that people can listen to. And um, hopefully there will be some medicine that's, that's channeled in there for you. And um, we'll give you a sense of just maybe a piece of how I might work. And um, so that's it. Casey Stevens or shrink, shrink bigger. Thank you so much, Casey. You are such a gift. Your energy. I'm so grateful that you're in our world. We need you. Thank you for being here on earth at this time. Thanks for choosing to come here. But Uh also thank you for gifting us with your grace and wisdom today. Likewise. Yes. Thank you for creating such a um, space, right? To share all of this with people. I'm, I'm just in awe of people who can create you know, in this broadcast in this way that really can share with more people and have the skills and the gifts and the beauty, um, not only just that you possess, you know, through and through, but that you can share it and, you know, uh, kind of uh, send it out into the ethers and all the way to have all the people find it. So thank you. Mm, I receive it. I appreciate you and hopefully see you soon. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. friends. Thank you so much for being here, for being a part of this conversation, this beautiful conversation with my friend Casey. I think what is really sticking out for me is the ease with which Casey kind of weaves through and navigates this notion of shadow work and how important it is in integrating us into our wholeness as we're meant to be in these deeply feeling human sentient meat sacks that we're we're inhabiting um, in this very spiritual experience and we're all of it we're all of it at once and I loved how effortlessly she explains a lot of these concepts especially the importance of shadow work so I hope that you got as much out of it from listening as I did having this conversation with Casey I'm just so grateful to have been able to share the space. And if you are interested in connecting with Casey or me, you can go to the show notes and find all of our information there. And before I leave you today, I wanted to remind you that if you are looking for a way to connect, I offer a free workshop the first Thursday of every month. It's an opportunity for you to hear some divine messages source. The universe always shows up for my workshop. So if you're interested in experiencing that real time, experiencing the healing there, we do grounding, we connect with our gifts and also an opportunity for you to connect with other badass lightworker, earth angel folks, I invite you to go to the link in the show notes to sign up for that free workshop. I would love, love, love to connect with you. I would love to meet you. But for now, be still my friends and live into your impact. I am so grateful you're here and I'll talk with you soon.